Show on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Here's Big Nizar and Randy Janda. Hour two of the People's Show. Thanks for making us part of your day on the pod. Live along with us. Always appreciate you. Chiming in 650-650 as well. Coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Sours People Show. Brought to you by Avenue Machinery. Douglas Lake Equipment. Your Kubota All-Star Team, AvenueMachinery.ca, DouglasLakeEquipment.com. Randy, let's send someone to a playoff game tonight. That's right. Playoff baseball in Vancouver. The Canadians take on Am- uh, Eugene, the uh, the Emeralds. So, 7.05, first pitch. And we've been giving away tickets all week long. Five prior to today. One more to give away. And the question was Team Canada related because they announced their squad for some friendlies in September. And as the World Cup gets closer... Pretty close to what you'll see in Qatar at the World Cup as well. So a couple of tweaks that they'll make, I'm sure, due to injuries and whatnot. But the question today, who is the captain of Team Canada at the 1986 World Cup in Mexico? The correct answer, and we got, I'm going to lie, a few of these. Bruce Wilson from Vancouver, coach of the UVic team right now for the last 32 years. So shouts to everybody that got that tough question correct. But especially congratulations to Reg at UBC. You are today's Turf Trivia Champion. Uh, congratulations. Uh, enjoy the game tonight where you'll see Randeep. Someone texted in. Where will we see Randeep at the game tonight? I'll be on the mound. First pit. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Bruce Wilson went into Die Hard shortly after this, right? No, he didn't. What? No. That's that's. Is that a bad dad joke? That's a terrible that joke. That was <laughs> so bad. If you crack jokes like that. On your campaign trail in South Surrey or in White Rock? Yeah. You're in trouble. Trying to get the dad vote. Yeah, fair enough. You might. Just promise the the stadium. You're fine. Yeah. You're good. Uh, So, again, big shout out. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, Enjoy first pitch tonight at the game. Again, if you're not going to the game, 6.50 or on Sportsnet 6.50. Let's see if they can't text into the show to listen to it. Uh, You'll listen to it on Sportsnet 6.50. Tonight, uh, congratulations for getting that answer right. We'll briefly touch on it here. Uh, the just under two months away. Yesterday was exactly two months away. Yep. Canada naming its roster. Noah Tiba. Uh, now this is provisional squad, but this is the last little tune-up here. He's got a bone bruise, and this is one of those things like you're just gutted for a guy like this because you want to manage that. Herdman's already talked about going to go see him. You, you want to make sure this guy is correct physically because it would be a. It would just be heartwarming oh, to see him there. Yeah, I, I'm not even like mentally prepared for someone who has been, for for me, the backbone of the program now spanning multiple decades here, to live through all the trials and not to get to the reward of it. Life's not fair, man, and it just like you want to see him heal up and get ready for the World Cup. Yeah, and I. I don't know what that number is, but even if he's like 40%, 45%, like he's going. Like he's going as long as it's humanly possible. Keeping him away from that tournament would be, hopefully it doesn't happen, but hopefully he's fine by then. You got a few months to figure that out. But the rest of the squad, kind of what you expect, what we've seen, you know, from the goalkeeping position, former Whitecap, 
Maxime Cropo is on the team, Milan Boran, but the big stars, right? You've got Davies, you got David, you got Kyle Laren, Steven Eustachio should be in that conversation as well when you're playing with Porto, which is a, a legit European it's a team with history. It's a mm-hmm. team with clout. Eustachio is a part of that conversation, but there's it's just a good vibe. There's young players, but there's depth players. This is the type of depth we've never seen for the program. So when you look at this, and remember, this is going to be a step up for them. They're going to play some really oh, yeah. good friendlies against some strong, strong international teams. This is going to be a step up for the squad, but they got they got the team to to really be competitive and give you a proper tune-up for the World Cup. You know what? It, it's it, Obviously, there's a high-level concern going against the teams that they're going to go against. And it's, as you mentioned, a step up, different level of class that they've never faced before. But every time I see the roster, they do have like one thing that in a short tournament that small sample size that I look at and say, they have people that can actually put the ball in the net. Like, real... They've, they've got match winners. Real moment makers. Kyle Laren has a nice first touch. A big body who can be a focal point of an attack can bury it. Jonathan David, we've seen him, obviously, at the international level. He's had success, again, at the European level. Can create a goal either on his own, but has a first touch can put the ball in the net, and do it with a certain level of composure. You see some of these nations that have good defenses, can work the ball a bit, and they lack a focal point. Canada, for for the, the struggles that they're going to have and the, the competition that they're going to face, the one thing that's going to threaten these teams is, hey, if we slip up a little bit, they do have guys that can bury chances. And that's the thing that kind of gets me excited is we're probably going to see 30% possession, yeah. 35% possession. But do they have, as to your point, match winners? And they definitely do that. Even Jonathan David this year, top five in French scoring, you know, behind Neymar and a few other guys in that. And we didn't French even league. mention Alfonso Davies, who can threaten to For change sure. the, the 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 geometry of a defense. Yeah, he's not a he's not a typical fullback. Let's put it that yeah. way. And you want to ask Concacaf how he did in in qualifying and throughout the last couple of years. Concacaf teams know that def- defense is a priority, but offense is is what he's going to do. Now, when you talk about tournament play. If there are 10 matches being played, you'd bet on Belgium and Croatia and to win eight of those. At least. At least. Yeah. But one 90-minute match, anything yeah. can happen. If you Not def- to sound like Kurt Russell from uh, Miracle. Yeah. One match. <laughs> but that's what it is. Like, De Bruyne scares the living hell out of me if I, Every as a Canadian time. soccer fan. And obviously Lukaku. They, they, they have talent. They, they can bully you, but they can outclass you. Croatia, Luka Modric is still one of the best midfielders mm-hmm. on the planet. One ball from him, it could be game over. But how about if they're having an off day? And how about if your guys are going at 100? How about if you're world-class players? Like, Canada has that. And Morocco's going to be a... That's going to be a competitive mm-hmm. match. That's going to be one that Canada should get something out of. Damn good team as well in their own right. But to me, that's a that's a match that Canada should be able to be competitive in. The other ones, it's a bit of a... You're hoping for a haymaker. But that happens in world football. We're talking about a sport where the defending world champions in 2002 were beaten by Senegal. Like, there's surprises that happen, and all you need is a match winner. This team has one or two of them, so anything is possible. I get excited looking at that provisional squad because you know what that means? It's not that far away. The moment that... Seven and a half weeks. The moment that we are... We've been waiting for... I've been waiting my whole life. I was born in 86. And I know there's a lot of people in the soccer community especially the men's side, the women are in the top of the mountain. They've been doing their thing, and we're, it's so awesome to see that. But on the men's side, 
when you would look at the Cristiano Ronaldos and the Lionel Messis and the Zinedine Zidane's and you know go through Michael Balak and whatever the greats of the day that ended up competing for that trophy or lifting that trophy, there was always the question of yeah, but when's Canada going to play for it? That's terrible. Not well, anymore. Yep. Not anymore. Less than two months. That's one football. The other football, NFL last night, Thursday night football. We talked about it uh, yesterday. Gets labeled as Herbert versus Mahomes, and they did their thing, if not a little bit sloppy at times. That was a fantastic game. It had a little bit of everything. You know me. I love some defense. Yep. There, were, there was a lot of punts in this game, like, and not just oh, we threw so many completions. We were we were sloppy with it. Real like force people to make good throws and play real defense. It had that. You got a pick six. And then you got your big plays from Herbert and Mahomes doing their thing. And then throw in the drama of Herbert getting hurt Mm -hmm. and struggling to run. He had a chance to convert a third and one and just threw it away because it looked like he literally couldn't take another step. And everyone's tweeting, get him out of the game. Literally the next throw. How about I go 35 yards down the middle of the field, chuck a, a deep shot. And we convert, and we go wind up scoring another touchdown. Nice little backdoor cover, by the way. You and I both were on Chargers yesterday. No, I was on the Chiefs. So right, that, that... I, 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 right. We talked about for the people's picks. Chargers yeah. plus four. That was the lean. Uh, our prop bets didn't, uh, or at least mine didn't. You blew it. Yeah, yeah. Your first touchdown one almost, almost worked oh out. My Mike Williams. Goodness. Mike Williams getting stopped on the one. Are you kidding me, man? We were texting each other at that point. Forty-yard shot. And Bick was not in a good way. And then he went off the rest of the game. But literally tackled at the one. Oh my goodness. 14 to one. It would have been glorious. And Patrick Mahomes, two touchdowns. Didn't get the third for me. Mm-hmm. So I failed as well. We blew it. Bad. Don't worry though. We got the picks coming up later on. People's picks on the way soon. We will make sure to rebound strong this week. But that was really. <laughs> but that's what you want. Yeah, you don't. In like it, 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 on a Thursday night, you're always worried about a short week and. Will the star power rise up? Man, the fact that we get two of those games, and this is the point I was making yeah. yesterday. We're going to get two of those games every year for a long time. That's exciting. And the Chargers, they just find ways to lose games. They should have won that. You think uh, they're going to go, their their DBs are going to go through like catching practice this week? Four dropped, at least four. Come on. Like, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have moments like that where you're going to get that many opportunities, but sometimes if you play well defensively, you get pressure, he makes some mistakes. One, two. To your point, there's four of them. So Asante Samuel Jr., uh, probably going to get a little extra scrutiny in practice. But even beyond that, the moment of the game, though, I know the pick six was nice, but the Derwin James. I knew this was going to be your favorite. The Derwin James body slam of Travis Kelsey. Come on. Fine Buster, is that what it was? I don't don't even know what that was. I thought that was going to be a foul, but there was no penalty on the play, no flag on the play. He looked like some obscure wrestling reference. Like Rhino back in the day. Remember he used to gore people? It was like the knockoff Bill Goldberg spear. That legit looked like unnecessary roughness. If you just like showed me the clip, like, do you think this is unnecessary roughness? Could he have just tackled him normally? I'd be like, yeah. But picks him up. And by the way, not like some scat back running back. This is a big boy. It's Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Travis Kelsey. The best tight end in the league. One of the best tight ends in the league. Big guy. The dude was basically picking up a fridge and slamming it onto the ground. Like that that's what he did, man. Derwin James. He's 6'5, 250. I don't know what he does for the rest of that contract. After that play, it's worthy. I, I don't care. I don't care. 
he could be a not be a Pro Bowler for the rest of his career. That was worthy of a unbelievable contract that he got. Unreal flex there from uh, Derwin James. Uh, all right, we got Don't At Me coming up in about seven, eight minutes. Let's follow up uh, from Week One. Pick six. Let's get to it. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Take it to the house. It's Big Six. Week one, five and one. That's the record on the year. Sitting at 83% win rate right now. Let's get to it. Let's start. Go ahead. Now would be a great time to re- retire. Just just finish ahead, Bic. This is your chance. Always compete, baby. Always All right. compete. All right. This is kind of like the Seahawks. Just say, hey, we're done with the season. We forfeit the rest of the games. We're in a high. That's fair. Just finish it. Undefeated. We'll uh, get to uh, the Seahawks in just a moment. But we'll start with Ravens. Minus three and a half versus your Dolphins, by the way, Randy. Uh, this line, you know, m- minus three. Kind of in that range of home field advantage. That's usually what uh, books give them, maybe two and a half. But this, it reflects that these two teams are nearly equal. I get John Harbaugh at home for the home opener. I get an MVP QB versus Tua. I get institutional success for a franchise whose owner is suspended for trying to tamper and tank. I will say, though, this is the acid test for the Ravens. If you're trying to evolve as an offense, then this is the game I need to see you do it in. I've been high on the Ravens. They lost last year to the Dolphins on Thursday night when Miami just spammed them with blitzes and played man-to-man. We should see more Lamar rushing, either by design or by scrambles, but this is the game I need to see the Ravens evolve as an offense. And if they don't, then it's... the. They'll be dropping my power rankings on okay. Tuesday. So you're looking at it from the Ravens' perspective. I'm looking at it from Miami's perspective. Sure. Like, you beat the Patriots last week, but how much of that was also self-inflicted from the Patriots? They look terrible. They've been looking terrible all year long. A huge test for Miami as well. In that game last year as well, the Dolphins did struggle themselves offensively. Rewatching Tua from last week as well, I'm still unconvinced despite that W uh, versus New England. Add on some injuries to their offensive line. Baltimore dealing with their own as well. But uh, I'll give the three and a half Bucks win, or rather Ravens win, uh, 24-16. I have to admit, I'm going with the happiness hedge here. Really? I am. All right. I am. Uh, Colts minus three and a half at the Jaguars. I know what you're thinking. Take the team that tied the Texans last week. Yeah, we got to buy low sometimes. The Colts, so many unforced errors last week that had nothing to do with what the Texans were doing. Just silly decisions that led to bad execution. Why are you in Wildcat on fourth and goal? You fumbled a snap away as well. You'll get a sharper performance from Frank Wright and the entire Colts offense this week. For a team that they need to get back on track immediately, you can't drop two division gains in a season where this is all about winning the division, going to the playoffs. I will give the points. Colts win 27-17. Cardinals, plus five and a half at the Raiders. Just a couple of standard rules to live by. Never as good as... You're never as bad as you look, and you're never as good as you look. Cardinals couldn't have looked worse in week one. It might be a disaster season for them, but it is still Kyler Murray versus Derek Carr with the back door wide open all game long. The game script really got away from the Cardinals last week versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs can do that because they can force you to become one-dimensional. You'll see more balance from the Cardinals this week. Kyler will rush more than five times as well, again, by design or by scramble. As for the Cards' defense, they blitz so much versus Mahomes. They should do it again this week. Raiders' offensive line is not the Chiefs' offensive line. Get after Carr. Get him frazzled. Take the point. Cardinals win 28-27. All right, I'm looking at the Cardinals and what they were able to do defensively or not. Man, Devontae Adams. I yep. think he explodes. Yep. He did, had a great week last week as well. I mean, he can still put up 130 in a touchdown. That's fine. He could. 140 in two touchdowns. 
Yeah, I'm low on the card. I, I have him going for 27 yeah, That's a bold yeah. one. That's yeah. a bold one. It, it might work out for you. Seahawks plus nine uh -oh. at 49ers. So this game opened up at eight and a half, and it's gone up after that 49ers performance and that Monday night football performance. Jamal Adam injury does hurt a bit, but I'm not surprised it's gone up. I'm not sure if he's worth uh, a point here. I really like Trey Lance. I've said that many times on this show, the station. I think he will become special. But that's what development is all about. He's on the path towards becoming what I think he became. This is his fourth start and he's a nine-point favorite. My one worry is how bad the Seahawks' run D did look uh, on Monday night. 49ers, though, are banged up on that side of the ball. Eli Mitchell being out. George Kittle is a great blocker. He's a bit of a question mark as well. How does Trey Lance feature in the run game? I'm going to take the points. 49ers win. Seahawks play a tough in a divisional game, though. 24-20. I actually like that one. I think the Niners are getting too much respect. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know. It's, it's so weird, I, though, because you know the Seahawks are going to fall off their high. I really, right? yeah, but it's a it's a it's letdown game. But it's, again, it's a divisional game. You get up for these games traditionally. I'm big on the Niners, but I'm also, I want to see the progress as the season goes along through the course of the season. I didn't really intend to back them early on the season. Yeah, the progress might come through weather, and that's it. It's just going to be a better day. Uh, Commanders, plus one and a half at the Lions. Yes, Carson Wentz made some critical mistakes, but he also did things last week that Taylor Heineke last year just could not. Look at the throws to Antonio Gibson down the right sideline, then the TD to Jahan Dotson. You can live with the high variance so long as he's committed to still going downfield consistently without a memory, and that's something Carson Wentz can do. You can create explosives that way, and against a work-in-progress defense, Lions investing in the offensive side of the ball. The O-line looked incredible versus the Eagles. They got some hobbled players, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, with a potentially hobbled DeAndre Swift, so the explosives in the run game should come down against a much invested in stout defensive line. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young obviously out, but they are strong on that defensive line uh, for Washington. Take the points. It's a short number, but the dog wins. Commanders uh, win 27 23. And finally, Panthers plus two at the Giants. We got a Ben McAdoo revenge game. All right. <laughs> first things first, Ben McAdoo has to remember, get DJ Moore the ball, get Christian McCaffrey the ball. What a surprise. Last week when they got them the ball early in drives, they actually scored. Uh, they already had the admission from Panthers staff. We're going to get Christian McCaffrey more involved. Giants probably should have lost versus the Titans, but still cover. We were on that one last week. Yep. And while I think the Titans coaching staff defensively is better, then the Panthers, I think there's more natural playmakers than the Panthers to impact a growing Giants offense that can be a bit volatile as well. Take the points. Panthers win 24-21. Okay, what excites me about that game is McCaffrey versus Saquon. The resurgence sure. of Saquon Barkley makes mm -hmm. that a must-watch game because you're essentially saying, all right, which guys, which of these guys is going to win out? You made your pick. I feel like there's going to be some prop bets about in the people's mm. picture a little bit later on in that game right. as well. All right. Again, recap. Ravens minus three and a half. Colts minus three and a half. Cardinals plus five. Seahawks plus nine. Commanders plus one and a half. And Panthers plus two. Big six. We'll see what happens on Monday. All right. You know what it is? When you dominate, it's not as fun because I can't, I can't make fun of it. It's good for you. It. It's not great for me. You can always make fun of it. It's fine. No, it's five and one. I can't make fun of that. Stand out on a ledge if on an was, opinion, Randy. If if you're like, was, oh, you're going to regress hard next week. Oh, I will. <laughs> I don't doubt that. I'm just saying this week, this week, it's not as fun. Happy accidents. <laughs> uh, all right. We do it every day here on The People's Show. Set in your thoughts.
your hot takes. You're playing for two tickets to WWE Saturday Night Main Event on September 24th. It's Don't At Me. Your takes uninterrupted. Don't at me. Text in your submissions to 650 Don't at me. I said what I said. It's happening at the Pacific Coliseum. Many of your favorite WWE stars are going to be there. Roman Reigns, Riddle versus Seth Rollins, our guy Dolph Ziggler, Alexa Bliss, many others. Go to ticketleader.ca. Tickets start at $20. What's going on in the inbox this week? All right, I'll get this started off while the text start to trickle in 650-650. Don't at me. Right shot defensemen are now... Today's version of Diva Wide Receivers. Niels Lundqvist holding out in New York. Yes, I'm here for it. Doesn't see a fit on that Rangers squad. They're loaded on the right-hand side. Man is not showing up to camp. Claude Lemieux, his agent, saying, not going to happen. Bring on the drama. Bring on the trade speculation. For for a guy that Mm -hmm. we know so little about, Niels Lundqvist takes have been all over the place. I mean, respect to the guy. He's holding out. He's he's bold. He's like, hey, if I can't shine on Broadway, well, I, I want it in New York, man. Look, he's a first-round pick, and the depth chart is crowded. You kind of want to have your NHL career get to his stage. Yeah, I just want to play in Connecticut or wherever they play yeah. in the AHL. At some point, you got to try to find a way to get to the show. We'll see what happens. I'm here for it. Uh, don't at me, 650-650, but people who don't turn their taillights on when it's dark out are the worst. Oh, the worst. Not adding that. Uh, that is totally true. So dangerous, man. Yeah, or people who uh, don't realize their blinker is still on for like five or six kilometers. Yeah, that one always irks me. Yeah. Because, like, like, can't you hear the sound? And, on the highway especially, right? Because you're you're trailing this person or you're kind of in the next... Lane to them. You're, are you going to merge or are you not going to merge? Are you not? Yeah, like, come on, man. I love that text. Uh, good one coming in. 650-650. Again, you're playing for uh, WWE tickets as well. We got this one from Jeff in Mission. Don't at me. This is uh, helping out with guests. Maybe Dom can work on this. You need to get Manti Teo on here on the show. Uh, based off his Netflix documentary, I think he's busy these days. I think he's getting, I getting, think he's getting publicity. We'll, we'll give it a shot. Won't at you for that. Uh, don't at me. The Jays and Rays need to put the Mariners behind them in the wild card race after this stretch and schedule going forward. It's a piece of cake compared to the other two. That's Jeffro. Don't at me. Okay. Oh, we're mixing in some Confession Fridays here. We appreciate those early texts as well. Get those in. We got this one. Keep the water guy. Don't at me. Trade Rathbone straight up for Lundquist. <laughs> Lefty for a righty. See, I feel like the opportunity, we've talked about this, the opportunity is you want to trade a non-premium position for someone that's maybe devalued because they're asking out, demanding a trade. The Canucks need to build out youth on the blue line right now. If you're in a position to make that deal, you're saying, hey, we're going to give you a, what, a second? This guy's a former first-round pick. We're, we're going to give you something less and not a player from our our development. You know, Or if it is a player, it's somebody that you don't – rate all that highly or it's kind of the middle of the road. Rathbone's high, man. Niels Lundqvist, I think this kind of this shoots the value a little bit. If the guy's not showing up to camp, he's that's not doing great things for the and Rangers' leverage. And it's probably something you want to get resolved real soon, too, because an acquiring team would want him in their camp as well. Uh, Omar, 
don't at me. Worse than the no tail lights are the people who don't know what it means when you're flashing your lights from behind them. Turn your lights on, man! Omar and Burnaby. Okay, I know we go through like, when you're getting your L and your N, like there's the actual road course. There's gotta be like a, a street slang side course. Maybe this is a business idea I'm giving somebody. Where, okay, there's certain things on the road that you do, and people do. You gotta know what they mean. When someone flashes your high beams at you. Yes. And you're you're crossing each other. That's the go ahead. Oh, no, I mean, sorry, when, when, when you're traveling north and someone's traveling oh, south yeah, yeah. and someone flashes their high beams at you, what does that mean? There's uh, radar up ahead. There you go. Well, there's also that, and then well, if it's single lane, you know, you can, they're giving you the right of way to basically yeah. go through as well. Yeah. Depends where you are, right? By the way, back on the Nils uh, yeah. text, we really got to lock down the proper pronunciation because none of us want this to happen again. Niles, what's your best fish story? I'm hearing way too many Niles. You know, Snills. this isn't Fraser. Snills. Can I hear that one more time, please? Niles, what's your best fish story? It's Nils Hoaglander. And it, why Why was Perry sounding like he was from Tennessee at that point? It, sh it should be Nils Amon. I've heard so many Niles Amon since the list came out. Shouts to the There's goat. There's no E. Shouts to the goat, Perry Slokowski, by the way. Nice to hear his voice again. I don't get it. Nils. It's Nils. Free, uh, the, free the Nils. One more time for old times. Niles, what's your best fish story? Uh, don't at me, but your fake turf lawn looks bad and you should feel bad. Mark and Langley. Does it though? You don't have to cut the grass. If it's done properly. That is my, like the one chore I always love doing. I, I don't live in a, yeah. a home now, but cutting the grass is always my favorite chore. I don't mind it, but when the weather starts to turn like kind of wet and soggy and then you got to find, like I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it's apparently having the the turf is better for the environment because you're not wasting like all those resources and planting grass that has no use. That's a sad excuse. No, apparently it's an environmental, environmentally it's actually better. That sounds like a convenient thing. I'm just saying, I don't have it. That's big turf talking. Yes, I'm paid off by big turf. Uh, all right, we'll, uh, we'll give you a winner on the other side. Uh, keep sending them in, though, because we love reading them during the break. We'll pick one on the other side. Jamie Thomas on the way to discuss uh, the drama in Winnipeg uh, here on The People Show, home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Niles, what's your best fish story? Niles, what's your best fish story? This is the People Show with Big Nazar and Randeep Janda. Niles, what's your best fish story? Welcome back to the People Show, coming to you live from the Kintec Studio. This hour, the People Show, brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment, your Kubota All-Star Team. AvenueMachinery.ca, Douglas Lake Equipment. Dot com. Trying not to laugh. I can see Dom out of the in my peripheral vision dancing along to this banjo music. Is this rights free music? Yeah. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I can just see Dom like fake grabbing the the belt and doing a two step. Oh yeah. It'll be the national anthem of uh White Rock once 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 Dom is mayor. Niles, what's your best fish story? Unbelievable. Ooh, that you timed that perfectly. Well done. Look at that. All right. So it's the Perry. Uh, we're going to connect with Jamie Thomas here in just a minute. Uh, you're getting called out in the inbox. Okay. For, for don't at me. We'll, we'll, we'll announce the winner a bit here, but you're getting called out first. So the my thought on, hey, turf, artificial turf is could be better for the environment is being saying, wait a second, all the chemicals that go into it, 
How is it better for the environment? I read this, and the reasoning is, with less water used, less pollution created, cutting grass, fewer chemicals in your yard, and better capabilities for gathering and reusing drain water, artificial turf can make a big impact on your individual carbon footprint. I'm not talking about fields out there. I'm talking about in your own yard. If you have a smaller yard, is it better where you're not cutting the grass, you're not wasting a bunch of water on, on growing your lawn? There's an argument to be made. I, I've read this. That's where I'm coming from. But don't you find it, it ruins some of the joy in life to, to not have a little bit of nature in your yard? Don't you find your soul a little less enriched? I enjoy my yard. Yeah. I do. But there's like a lot of happy people in Europe where they have no yards whatsoever, man. <laughs> they, they, I was sure just, that's the I reason was, why? I was there two months ago. You know what? There's a lot of smiles on those streets in Barcelona for various reasons. Are we convinced? Are we like, hey, are you happy? No yard. Public parks. Me? You step no out of your yards. own space. You enjoy the community more. 650, 650. Just don't water your lawn. What? Why do you have it then? <laughs> How is that a thing? How is that a thing? A solution. Uh, all right. Let's get to uh, Jamie Thomas. Love chatting with them from uh, CJOB, Jets Color Analyst. Jamie, how are you? Fantastic. How are you guys? Uh, we are doing awesome. Uh, big announcement today. A lot to happening in Winnipeg. Uh, was this a... Uh... <laughs> you mean the patch on the jersey? <laughs> <laughs> no, the other thing. <laughs> what a great sponsor. Thank yes. God for Canada Life. Yes. <laughs> I um, think it looks really nice. <laughs> on the opposite side of the uh, the patch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's move let's move over there. Yeah, let's go to the uh the left shoulder. Um <laughs> Was this uh on the horizon as always or was this a bit of a, a statement made by the head coach here? Uh I, I like I don't the one thing just listening from today when Wheeler said the first conversation you have with a new coach, this is brought up. Uh so I think message sent. This is what Blake Wheeler, as you guys have known and watched over the years and seen over the years, very driven, very focused individual. I think, I think that we all know with the, with the captain, it's day-to-day. And full credit to Wheeler, this is before COVID, of course. Like every game day, we would talk to the media beforehand. Afterwards, most times we talk to the media. Now, that's, clean, that's, changed, that's changed up a little bit clearly with um, – with the Zoom calls and all, and lack of availability, but now the rooms are opening up again. So I don't know, man. Like I think it will allow him to not worry so much about dealing with the media and then worry about what he's doing on the ice. Uh, and maybe, to me, this is going to allow the likes of, like, say, Adam Lowry and Nikolai Ehlers more of a voice uh, overall. I think that's what I think Rick Bonus is, is thinking. But I don't know if this was in the plans. Like, I don't know if there's something that has to be done. All I know is it's just going to free up Blake Wheeler a little bit more, and maybe that will take some of the pressure off of that day-to-day uh, thing of having to be a team's captain. Last year, the vibe kind of felt off, even from a distance. It felt like, hey, you mm-hmm. know, it was an inconsistent team. But even beyond that, you know, you had yeah. a lot of movement on the roster. There were some guys, even veteran players, that came into the organization. Um, when you look at, you know, the new voices potentially in the future, but also a mix of, you had some veterans come into the to locker room as well. Nate Schmidt, Brendan Dillon. Yeah. Uh, did it feel like it was maybe at times a um, a bit of a stale voice? Because hey, Bla- Wheeler's been there for a long time and he's been mm-hmm. you know successful in his own right. But you had an influx of players coming in, whether young or old, and it just it, it felt like maybe things from a distance, anyways, Jamie. Uh, that yeah. kind of rubbed things the wrong way to a certain extent in certain parts of the year. Right, and 
you guys know Nate Schmidt, um, how much of a voice he is and how much of a presence and personality that he is. I think that's also a guy that gets uh, that I left out there that, you know, has more of a voice. And Brendan Dillon, a BC guy, like that, in the small amount of time that you get to know these guys, I could see why Brendan Dillon commands the presence, commands respect, because he's just a good guy. And I think that also frees these guys up to be more leaders as well. So I think you're right. They're, it just used to be Blake Wheeler and everybody else. Now there was more of a veteran. It was a younger team for a long time. Now that last year was more of a veteran team. Um, and that also maybe that also kind of may, will now take off to allow these guys to, to, to be, to let these guys be more of a voice, to be more part of the leadership group. And I kind of get what Rick bonus is doing. He's been around a long time and he continuously said today, some of the best leaders he's met didn't wear an A or a C. I just think it's the slow transformation of moving away from this current leadership group and to newer one and newer voices overall. Cause that was one thing Paul Marie said, they need a new voice uh, coaching wise. And looks like now, maybe this is going to be a new voice in terms of the captaincy and, and the leadership group as well. You know, we were talking about this earlier and, and for me, like the, the C stuff is, yeah, it, it's I, like, I get its significance, but are we mm. moving past an era? Cause I, I feel like, you know, back in the nineties, maybe even much earlier is like, Oh, it, it, it held such a, a place. I feel like mm-hmm. it's, it's decreased quite a bit. You just mentioned Rick bonus talking about, Hey, some of the best leaders don't wear yeah. the letter. And yeah. like I, I understand why it's important, but at the same time, I tried to downplay it a bit to Randeep, and you know he was like, "Ah, oh, this is it, it's still something." And now there might be more going on in Winnipeg than your average spot here, but to, to me, it's mm-hmm. it's not as big a deal. And also, Blake Wheeler's age kind of plays a role into this. This is sort of the transformation that you talked about. Um, it, yeah. it, it's it's news, but I'm not sure how big of a deal it is. Yeah, we've seen it with Joe Thornton. I just I've seen we see it all over the place, and I I truly think that with the Today's younger player, they're more prepared. I'm not saying they're all fully prepared to come play professional hockey and they need the captain. And there's been great, you know, instances of, you know, captains bringing younger players like Mario Lemieux with Sidney Crosby and the like like that with the 18-year-old guys. But I just think kids are better prepared for the professional game. They just need a little bit of guidance, not the strong arming maybe that there used to be back, you know, even 10, 15 years ago. Okay, you're going to listen, you're going to follow me into war here and all that stuff like that. I, I I don't like the way we're, we're you know, I've seen some headlines today, Blake Wheeler stripped of captaincy. I, I find that really extreme, and it makes it sound like there's a lot more there than there is. It's a very dangerous headline, and it's just I just think that leadership change is the better way to go about this. Why do we have to take something that's probably, you know, clearly it's, like, Wheeler's not happy about it. You can tell that, and anybody that has played the game as long as he has and is been as good as he has and it's he's been a captain for a long time of course that conversation is going to be hard but i think this is just you know allowing more people to talk and allowing more people to be with a veteran room like that and with the window of opportunity to win closing by the minute i think you do have to try something new and i don't blame rick bonus and the rest of the coaching staff for trying to find something so something isn't working here let's try this and uh i think anytime you're trying something new that when things don't go well, I, I think that's a good thing. You're right in the sense that the coach had to do something and maybe mm-hmm. you know identify, have those conversations. But Jamie, you know, as yeah. well as I do, uh, you worked in this game a long, long yeah. time. There's yeah. noise as the season was ending in Winnipeg, Shifley, Pierre-Luc mm-hmm. Dubois. Now you have this situation. Um, it's a bold move, <laughs> but we know this is going to bring on a lot more noise. Yeah. Oh, and we can't downplay it. I, I, it, it like, it's just can't, oh, it's not a big deal. 
and I get it because it's just such a significant move within your organization for a guy that's been, you know, he's the last remaining, you know, member of the Atlanta Thrashers to come to Winnipeg. He's been part, you know, since that Andrew Ladd was traded to Chicago, he's been the guy. Um, I, I just, you know, he was so, he handled it so well in 1718. He was a great leader. I think the ex, the expectations, the 1819 season really got to it. He admit to it the year after that, he had to improve his leadership ability. There is just such a transformation now where the younger players seem to have more of a voice, right? It's just like they, their contract, that second contract's a lot bigger than they were. Um, the pressure of the, the, the younger on the younger players there as well. So, I mean, yeah, you got to try something else and it, it kind of maybe have softer voice. I, I mean, like, <laughs> let's, we're not, I'm not holding back here. Blake Wheeler is an extremely focused and he's admitted to that. He's been able, unable to turn it off. Right. That, that just, that drive all the time. And, you know, he just, all he's thinking about is this, this, this working on this, working on this with the game itself. Uh, not every player thinks like that. Um, and that is no indictment on Blake Wheeler. Just today's players are different and the younger ones, especially, and I think what has happened the last couple of years, whatever the co- lack of co- availability and stuff like that, and the, with the way things shook down, guys, look, I look at what happened in Vancouver. I look what happened in Winnipeg, the stopping and start of the season, the guys being in and out of with COVID. There was a lot of, it was a challenge to be a Canadian team last year. And I know there's a, some, some Canadian teams that had a good year last year, like the Oilers and, and the Flames, but those are a lot of challenges last year. And I think any leadership group would be strained in those types of situations, um, especially with the lockdowns and everything like that and no fans in the building and the in and out and guys, new guys coming in the room all the time because of COVID and stuff. Like it, it, it was challenging for everybody. They didn't make the playoffs. There's a lot of pressure for this organization to do something. Um, they didn't do a lot in the off season. Now you got, okay, so that, you know, who, who knows what kind of moves were trying to be made, but they're running back with the same guys, except for guys, a couple of guys here and there. You've got to try something else. And it is, you're right. It is a bold move, but Rick bonus is a veteran coach. There's a pretty good coaching staff behind him um, that understand this game. And uh, you can't blame them for trying to find something new uh, in order for this team to get back into the playoffs. It's kind of been a story of unfulfilled potential for the Jets. Cause I feel like outside the market, they, a lot of people are rooting for the Jets a lot because you know, the, yeah. the, the, the team took a while to get back obviously. And you go to the conference finals and, and you build the right way and they play an exciting brand of hockey too. And yeah. now you get to this stage, it's, it, maybe they've fallen out of the external conscience of the rest of the hockey world. What is the internal like hunger right now? Because it's still an exciting group. Like Mark Scheifele's not thirty yet. Kyle Connors no. in his prime. Dubois in his prime. Obviously Ehlers yeah. and some other guys. Like what is the internal yeah. hunger right now of of what the expectations could be for the franchise? Rick Bonus also has been very adamant about this. Just he's been very impressed with the way the players are looking forward to this year. And there's a lot of guys on this team that had down years, and it starts with Mark Scheifele. Um, it also starts with someone like Neil Pionk, who was banged up all last year, didn't have the greatest year either. I think Brennan Dillon and Nate Schmidt had a little bit of an adjustment period to the, the franchise and, you know, playing or just with the Jets themselves too and trying to get things going as whenever things started to get on a roll, that something else would happen. So I, I just, it, it, it has to be this way. And I think there's, you know, Cole Perfetti is getting a going to get a great opportunity this year. Nikolai Ehlers probably like he's at, going to score 40 goals last year if he doesn't get hurt there's just there's enough talent here and there's a log jam of defensemen 
and you had a goaltender that had a down year. I just think there's just too you could the hunger is there to be better this year. And with a communicating a communicator coach like Rick Bonus, Scott O'Neill's no you know no no stranger to this game. Been coaching for a long time, played the game for a long time, played in Winnipeg for a long time. There's just a good recipe to, and I got a bunch of guys with chips on their shoulder that, that are really surly about what happened last year and want to prove that they're a better team than they, they and better players than they were last year. So, I just I think it's so quick to write teams off when things have a bad year, when you still have a good group of players. So it's not like you can't blow this team up, you know. Just you. I don't know how Vancouver fans are when things don't go well, but you know, this whole idea of blowing things, it takes forever. When you blow things up, it does not change in three years. You have to wait through a lot of pain, a lot of suffering um, to get back to where you were and just ask the Ottawa centers how long it's taken them. So do you really want to go through that rebuilding structure again? I don't. And I don't think a lot of players in that room do. And certainly the organization doesn't, especially after two years of not many people in the stands because of COVID I just think the the pressure internally is to, to to want to turn this around, and you can't blame them. Yeah, that was a very real conversation here in Vancouver prior to the JT Miller contract being extended. Of you know, do you reset? Do you move forward? But once you make that move, once you have those guys locked oh. in, like the Jets do, and now like the Canucks do, uh, it's it's straight ahead looking forward rather than looking at rebuilding. Yeah, yeah. and you know, yeah. I, I just it's just not. It's not like the NFL where you get a guy first overall and it just completely changes your whole organization. Mm-hmm. Those players come along very – the Connor McDavid's and stuff don't come along very often to turn around your franchise. It's not the same in the National Hockey League. It doesn't change like that. And you just – if you, you have to be careful for what you wish for. It's a great idea on paper, but when you're looking at year two, year three, and you're still not in the playoffs and you're, just, you're still going through the growing pains, the Jets have already done that. They made the playoffs in 2015 and said, okay, we're going to – blow this up and keep bringing younger players and draft and slowly develop. And it took them a long time to get to where they were in 17, 18. And that window closes fast, but it's better to keep winning and have the hope of winning than it is to me, any idea of blowing things up. Cause you still have too many good pieces on this roster to sit there and go, Oh yeah, you know, we should just trade everybody away and start over again. That's, a, that's a, just a terrible idea. Okay, you mentioned the NFL. I have to go there. How are you feeling about our fins after week one? Take care of the Patriots. Got the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. Fins out. Yeah, I have no idea what Bill Belichick is doing. Like, for the longest time, we just sat there and going, okay, this guy's a genius. He's going to turn this around. And I'm like, did Tom Brady really have that much of an effect on the organizations? Because I look at Mac Jones and I'm like, what is this? So it's great you beat them. You're supposed to beat them. But it just, they look better. And I think with Tua and you've given him weapons, you have to have an offensive mind. If you have drafted high, a quarterback high, you better bring in an offensive mind and head coach because what I have full respect for what Brian Flores did. Brian Flores is a disciplinarian. You know, we have this culture, you know, defense, we're going to win that way. That's not what you do when you draft a guy like Tua Tungo Baloil. So I, I give them full credit. You've improved the offensive line. You've added weapons. So now you have to start opening up the playbook. And Mike McDaniel, to me, although he looks like he just came from college, I got a buddy at Sportsnet bugs me all the time that he looks like he's a college coach or a co- you know a college professor. I don't care if he helps them win; he can look the way he wants to. And um, they 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 have it looks like they finally have the right idea. And I look at the Minnesota Vikings; they hired a, an offensive-minded head coach, and all of a sudden Kirk Cousins doesn't look so bad. And the offense doesn't look so bad. So if you have these weapons, hire an offensive mind for your head coach. I think the Dolphins are in the right way, but we all know Buffalo's 
going to run away with the division. But I'll take play. I'll take a wild card spot. All right. Well, we'll see what happens uh, this Sunday and the rest of the season. Jamie, we appreciate it as always. Uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, you bet. Guys, uh, all the best. Enjoy the young stars and uh, have fun with camp coming up in the sky. Is blue again as the season starts. Absolutely. Uh, it's at Jamie Thomas TV. It uh, does radio color analyst for the Winnipeg Jets at CJOB as well. All around great guy. Tremendous. Especially because he's a Finns fan. And he rips Richo. Oh, for... he does. He didn't do it today, yeah. but man, very savage. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to it. Uh, it is time for the People's Picks brought to you by Play Now Sports. Every game will feel like the big game. When you bet with Play Now Sports, brought to you by BCLC. Unlucky uh, earlier this week with the first touchdown, Mike Williams, landing on the one-yard line. Yeah, I wasn't even close. Didn't get mine. It's fine. It's all right. It's Uh, okay. We'll rebound. Uh, I'll start with mine, kind of linked with my pick earlier. Lamar Jackson, over 60 yards. Sorry, 60 rushing yards. Okay. That plus 210. You can pick it at different markers as well for elevated odds as well. Uh, but I'll go with 60 rushing yards plus 210. You think he's going to run over? Well, because you think he's going to run over the Miami Dolphins? Here's the thing when you're going to play man to man, you're going to turn your back to Lamar sometimes. Yeah. And that's what Miami lives in. They're going to blitz you and they're going to play man to man from behind. Lamar squeaks out, he could be running wild a lot. Yeah. And this game means a fair bit to him as well. He's living in the Florida area, he's from that general area. Like, they you, lost to Miami last year. They did. That loss was the beginning of the end of their season. And on top of that, and as as optimistic I, as I am about this team, last week was an easy one for the Dolphins. Now the degree of difficulty is going up. It was more about the Patriots last week than it was about the Dolphins. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a decent bet. All right, so you got? you got Lamar over on 60 yards rushing. I'm going to go actually with your team. I'm going to look towards the Seattle... Seahawks. Let's go. And DK Metcalf. I know he got some targets last week. The thick receiver. But it feels like, it feels like, yes, he got some looks, but it wasn't DK time. Mm -hmm. He didn't put up points. I think him and Gino, they're going to take shots downfield, or at the very least, shots in the red zone. And that number, plus 260 on a DK Metcalf anytime touchdown. Give that money to me right now. He's a TD maker. Give that to me right now. I think, so I think Randeep's uh, swinging onto the Geno no, vibes. This is more about He's the Geno pilled after a Monday night. Also, Justin Fields threw two touchdowns against the Niners in a rainstorm. Yeah. Normal weather, close to normal weather. I'll take a DK touchdown. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I'm saying a DK touchdown. All right. Uh, mentioned. They wrote me off. I ain't right back though. I ain't right back. Let's go. <laughs> Mentioned uh, Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers want to get him the ball a bit more. So it is uh, kind of a touchdown prop, but I went a step further. Any touchdown. What about two touchdowns for Christian McCaffrey? We know he's a heavy usage guy. If he gets the ball, he's going to get a ton. Not two one, two. two touch- any touchdowns. Can be rushing, passing, two touchdowns, plus 380 this weekend against the Giants. Okay, so you got that one. I'm going to look towards, for my second prop bet, once again, anytime TD, I love these. Melvin Gordon. I'm going to the Broncos. They got the chances. They got embarrassed, and they were in the red zone last week. They're playing the Texans this week. Uh-huh. And you know there's going to be an element of sending a message. You expect the Broncos to win this. You expect them to send a message after last week's embarrassment. And who gets the third down, or who gets red zone carries? Mostly, it's Melvin Gordon. So, plus 120, anytime TD. 
Once again, I'm making that bet. I feel like they're going to put up points against the Texans this week. And on top of that, Melvin Gordon, at least one touchdown this game. What if uh, Nathaniel Hackett forgets to uh, sub a running back in on a running play? Can we sub Nathaniel Hackett? Is it too early? <laughs> they might be subbing Nathaniel Hackett if he messes it up again. Lamar Jackson over 60 yards. McCaffrey, two touchdowns. DK Metcalf and Melvin Gordon, anytime TDs. That's the People's Picks, brought to you by PlayNow Sports. When you choose to bet on sports at playnow.com, you're playing on the only site whose profits go back to BC. Know your limit. Play within it. On the other side, it gets real. You bring it every single Friday. We're going to bring back some of your texts from last week as well. Confession Fridays. Best segment in radio. Are you ready to cringe? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to take a walk right after this just to like cleanse my mind, cleanse my soul, and prepare myself. But uh, send those texts in. 650-650. Confession, confession Fridays on the other side. Home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650.